Panic continues to swirl over the emergence of the so-called Omicron variant, with government imposing new COVID surveillance measures and Fauciites calling for a return to the good old days of indoor mask mandates. Oh my, is this just a temporary overreaction, or could we be headed for another COVID winter? We'll explore that question in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. We don't know, still if Omicron is a more dangerous and more transmissible variant. We just know that scientists have told us there are many mutations on the actual virus that are concerning. So what should we do? Well, there's, of course, the possibility we could just wait to see. There have been other variants that were no more concerning or transmissible. And then there was Delta, which they said was considerably more transmissible. So should we just sit around and wait for the facts to come in before making major sweeping policy decisions? Well. Rod, uh, Robin, uh, Rochelle Walensky, rather, CDC director, uh, says that no, they're going to actually start looking for stuff right away all over the place because they're freaked out about it. Watch. As we have done throughout the pandemic, CDC is evaluating how to make international travel as safe as possible, including pre-departure testing closer to the time of flight and considerations around additional post-arrival testing and self-quarantine. Currently, CDC is expanding a surveillance program with Express Check to JFK, San Francisco, Newark, and Atlanta airports, four of the busiest international airports in the country. This program allows for increased COVID testing for specific international arrivals, increasing our capacity to identify those with COVID-19 on arrival to the United States, and enhancing our surveillance for the Omicron variant. Enhanced surveillance. So they're on the, on the lookout for it. We're not sure if it's more dangerous or not, but they're already taking steps. Okay, look, enhanced surveillance. That doesn't sound like a bad idea, right? But what are some of the bad ideas that are out there, or rather ideas that won't really do very much? Well, Lena Wen over at CNN wants to let everybody know that it's time for the indoor mask mandates to come back because of Omicron, which we don't even know whether it's worse or not, but mask up everybody. That's what she wants. Watch. We know that the vaccines we have are very effective against the variants that we have already identified. Omicron may have, or it looks like it does have additional mutations that could render the vaccines less effective. But all signs point to the vaccine still being somewhat effective. And the other thing, too, is getting a booster increases your antibody response, including against new variants that are developing. And so our best protection now against the variant would be to get the booster dose for those who haven't already. Though we also cannot forget about the other measures that have been in place as well, including indoor masking, which I believe that states and local jurisdictions and businesses that have let go of indoor mask mandates, they should bring it back as well as an additional step to protect against Omicron. Right, because it worked so well to stop COVID the last time around. It really brought down cases dramatically. It really worked. What, what is wrong with these people? We've done this. We did this. Didn't work. Didn't do it. Right? We, we tried the whole mask thing. 100 days of masking, masking up all over the place, cases skyrocket. Mask mandate goes into effect. Has no, you, you see the data over and over again. They put a mask mandate into effect. The cases just skyrocket if, if it's at the beginning of a surge. Doesn't ever, never do you see a surge, and it's suddenly ceasing because of a mask mandate. Just doesn't happen. So what exactly is she talking about? Doesn't even matter anymore. Just to try to follow all this. So we don't know how dangerous Omicron is or how transmissible it is. Probably 
well, we don't know. It just has some changes to it. But they're taking these steps, including steps that we've done before that didn't work, like mask mandates, and they're telling us the vaccines are great, but they don't know how great they'll be against this variant. But the booster will probably be great against the variant because they think so, but they're not really sure, but get the booster. Okay. Yeah, they've got all the answers, sure. Here's the Moderna CEO. He's got some answers about what's going to affect the bottom line of his company, that's for sure. He is out there saying that the vax will be less effective against Omicron. He says existing coronavirus vaccines are likely to be less effective against the emerging Omicron variant. This is according to uh, Stefan Bancel on Tuesday. Um, there is no world, uh, I think, where is the same level we had with Delta, he told the Financial Times, while noting that the drug maker is still testing its vaccine on Omicron. I think it's going to be a material drop. So he's saying... This is a guy, of course, who runs a company that sells, sells vaccines, which are now a mandatory product that if you don't take, you're a bad person, according to the uh, health consensus out there. Uh, but he's somebody who's saying that you need to get the booster right away. Or is he? I don't know. They need to come up with a new vaccine. Is that the better plan? Who knows? They'll figure it out. Meanwhile, for those of us who say, hold on, it feels like there's a lot that we don't know. There's some policies that we've tried that didn't work in the past. Why are we going to try them again? Dr. Fauci is out there telling everybody that an attack on him is just an attack on science. Anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science, that's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. So just understand this, Fauci is science. So a criticism of Fauci is a criticism of science, which he says is very detrimental the society kind of sneers when he's saying it, too. Detrimental to how dare you. This is the guy who lied about masks at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember that? By his own admission. I'm not making that up. He just said, yeah, masks, uh, they don't work. We all know that. Oh, just kidding. They work. I lied to you because I didn't want you to use all the good masks. That's, that's the guy who just told you he is science. The guy that shut down schools. Why did he shut down schools? What was that all about? You notice that in Sweden, they have no masking of children in schools, and the kids are fine. So why are kids being masked up in this country still? Why are kids having to eat their lunches outside? Well, it depends on where you are. In New York City, it seems that the lunacy of the Fauciites is going to reign supreme once again. They learn nothing. They're all still terrified. They think the good people just obey without asking any questions. Things are a little bit different in Florida, however. Ron and Sanchez. let me just say, in Florida we will not let them lock you down. We will not let them take your jobs. We will not let them harm your businesses. We will not let them close your schools. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, protect, and, and expecting a different result. The lockdowns didn't stop COVID. Forced masking, they said last year, would end the pandemic if 80% wore masks. Many more than that were wearing masks and it hasn't worked. 
They said you could get COVID off, off surfaces, which isn't true. Um, they've not been honest about the origins of the virus, and they haven't been forthright about natural immunity. And with these travel restrictions, I was probably the first governor in January of 2020 to call for travel restrictions from China. I supported President Trump when he did that. But we have to take a step back and acknowledge that those travel restrictions just didn't work. Just didn't work. Like a lot of things are telling us to do right now. Mask mandates indoors. Didn't work. All right, CNN's Chris Cuomo is back under the microscope after it was revealed he actively used his media connections to do oppo research on the women accusing his brother of sexual misconduct. We'll have more on that with the president of Accuracy and Media, Adam Gallette, when we come back. Right now, I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Crypto market's heating up. Everybody wants to get in on the action. But there's so many currencies to choose from. Bitcoin, Ethereum, where do you get started? That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with incredible customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based crypto companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. Your comfort and security is their absolute top priority. They offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities, and even a play money account so you can test the market without risking money. Look, the crypto market's heating up. This could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals. That's what you'll get with My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more. Hold the line. The Cuomo sexual assault scandal is turning into quite a family affair. Executives at CNN say the network will have conversations about their primetime anchor, Chris Cuomo, after newly released court documents show he was in close contact with Melissa DeRosa, a top aide to his brother, disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Text messages show Bro Cuomo wrote defenses for his brother, even used his media contacts to try and dig up dirt on the accusers. Take a look at these messages. In one exchange, Cuomo flagged DeRosa about an accuser who claimed the governor kissed her at a wedding, writing, I have a lead on the wedding girl. In another exchange, DeRosa asked Cuomo to find out if more accusers would be coming out, writing, rumor going around from Politico that one or two more people coming out tomorrow. Can you check your sources? Cuomo responds, on it. No one has heard that yet. But these text messages completely contradict what Cuomo was telling his viewers about the situation. Remember this? I'm not an advisor. I'm a brother. I wasn't in control of anything. I was there to listen and offer my take. And my advice to my brother was simple and consistent. Own what you did. I never attacked nor encouraged anyone to attack any woman who came forward. I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. I never influenced or attempted to control CNN's coverage of my family. Right. But uh, the reaction of the president of Accuracy and Media, Adam Gallette, is something we want to get to right now about all this. Adam, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, what do you think? Is that going to fly for Chris Cuomo over at CNN? Uh, it's morally outrageous. I haven't heard of a family member of an accuser doing such disgusting things to smear people since Hillary Clinton tried to cover up for her husband. But she at least wasn't trying to pretend to be a journalist at the time. CNN was merely their ally rather than their employer. The Cuomo crime family gets worse and worse each and every week, and there's no way CNN can even pretend to be some sort of news outlet when they allow stuff like this to happen at their network. Here is The View's Jane Coaston on the Chris Cuomo situation. Wanted to have you react to it, Adam. 
they need to hold him accountable because yeah. you need to be the example of we won't stand for unethical behavior on our watch. Right, especially because this is a massive ethical breach. If you work at a news agency, as I do and we do, you understand that they're just basic things. Like if you found out that an intern did this, they'd be gone a second after these text messages came out. And I think that this is an abuse of power. Abuse of power, she says. What do you make of it? Well, it reminds me of when Linda Johnson supposedly said that if he's lost Walter Cronkite, he's lost America. If you're a progressive and you've lost the women of the view, it's over. There's nowhere else to go. To me, this is so incredibly morally outrageous because as Americans, we look down at countries like Venezuela, where the government nationalizes the media, where they stifle opposing viewpoints. You've got the same thing happening here now in America, where there's this progressive journalism political alliance. Progressives work with their allies in the media to stifle opposing viewpoints, to go after accusers, to illicitly dig up information on people who want to make their favorite politician look bad. It's sickening and it's disgusting. And CNN, I get that they're desperate for ratings. Times are tough. But if they pretend to have any level of journalism, if they pretend to have any level of credibility, they can't have things like this going on in prime time. Here is uh, some tweets from liberal journalists criticizing Chris Cuomo. Apparently the word is getting out about this and some are realizing it's really indefensible stuff. LA Times reporter Matt Pierce this is an embarrassment. Salt Lake Tribune reporter said it was an extremely troubling. Mississippi Free Press reporter, incredibly unethical. For those out there who believe that there is such a thing as journalistic ethics, isn't this crossing the bright red line? I mean, CNN's crossed it a long time ago. This is a network that sells stories to their audience that they know not to be true, like the Russia hoax, simply because it's what their viewers want to hear. They put ratings over journalism. And I gotta say, how gosh darn lucky are we to be in a society now where we've got choice? Remember just 25 years ago when CNN was really the only option for 24 hour news? Imagine the kinds of things they would try they would be trying to get away with right now if they knew that we didn't have other networks and online news, networks like this where we can get other viewpoints. Thank goodness for the pluralism and media choices that we have today, that we're not stuck with CNN as our primary news source during a pandemic. We are so gosh darn lucky to be in a better society. And you know what? The left hates it. That's why they're endlessly trying to get advertisers to pull their ads from channels they don't like, websites they don't like. They're trying to get hosting companies to shut down news outlets that give opposing viewpoints. They can't handle a, a, a pluralism of ideas. They can't handle a marketplace of ideas because they know their ideas won't win. It seems like the Cuomo saga here with both of these brothers now very much embroiled in it is in general a moment of real... Uh, Soul searching should be, I should say, a moment of real soul searching for the media in terms of what they've become. Because not only did we have this situation with Chris Cuomo at CNN seemingly trying to help and even cover up for his brother at some level, the media was holding up Governor Cuomo during the pandemic as a great hero. And they only brought him down, he was only brought down by women coming forward as his accusers here. Governor Cuomo covered up a nursing home scandal where he sent people into nursing homes who were still COVID positive, which was clearly a reckless and dangerous thing to do. The media celebrated him for that. He was, after Fauci, the second biggest COVID hero in June of 2020 in the whole country. And how did it yeah, come to that? I mean, how could the media be so wrong and seemingly not care? Well, sure, we covered this extensively for a year at Accuracy in Media. Listen. 
Andrew Cuomo was the grandma killer. His policies cost the lives of thousands of people. Now, Cuomo's mess up from time to time. That's what Cuomo's do. That's on brand for them. But what was even worse than making a mistake was the cover up. And it's unbelievable to think that in the midst of failure like that, just three weeks into COVID, he was already potentially getting a book deal. In the midst of all of this, he was given an Emmy Award, which we fought successfully at our organization and got revoked. That is progressive privilege. We so often hear the left talk about privilege. Progressive privilege is failing as a governor, being offered a book deal and being given an Emmy Award, all while you're covering up for the deaths of thousands of people and sexually harassing women. That's progressive privilege. You think that there's gonna be any accountability here for Chris Cuomo over at CNN? You think they'll actually do anything this time? I think they definitely are because again, when you've lost all of the progressive movement, you've got nowhere to go. And listen, it's not like he's a big earner. It's not like he's a big ratings grab. It's not like they can't afford to lose him. It's CNN. They can get somebody else and put him on a prime time and keep their dozens of viewers at about the same level that they're currently at. He's pretty easily replaceable. Adam, thanks for your perspective. Thank you for having me. Just one week after six people were killed and 60 were injured in the Waukesha Christmas Parade Massacre, coverage of the attack has all but disappeared from the mainstream news. We'll have more on that with the First TV's Rob Smith coming up. But right now, let's talk about protecting yourself with uh, your digital footprint. Big tech is taking advantage of us. They mine our data, they remine it, they sell it. You don't benefit from that whatsoever. So if you think your stuff is secure, think again. This is where Secure comes in. Secure's email platform is 100% private, it's Swiss hosted. They use their own servers in Switzerland, have no ties to American big tech companies. With Secure, there's no data mining whatsoever. It's completely private. This is what makes Secure different from every other email and messaging provider out there. Secure is the best email platform in the world when it comes to security and privacy. It's unmatched. Look, there's a reason Secure built their company the way they did. We need to make a stand and take back our privacy from the big tech monopolies. Use my discount code BUCK and Secure will only cost you $750 a month for full access. That's nothing. Go to Secure, that's S-E-K-U-R, Secure.com today and create your secure email address and account. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off for a whole year. Rob Smith stops by when we come back. Daryl Brooks, the career criminal at the center of the Waukesha tragedy, has not publicly explained his motive behind the mass murder, but the media spoke for him. It's just a parade crash. Take a look at some of the worst offenders. Here's CBS News. Six person, a child, has died in deadly Wisconsin parade crash. This is the Associated Press, John Lemire. Men suspected in deadly Waukesha parade crash, charged with five counts of first degree intentional homicide. CBS News. The man accused of deadly Christmas parade crash in Waukesha, Wisconsin, makes his first court appearance. MSNBC's Jim Cavanaugh even proposed the idea Brooks was trying to evade the cops after a knife fight. Take a look. This guy might have been in the car, bloody knife, blood all over him. He saw the police barricade at the parade route, busted through it, the officer fired, and then he was going to do anything, he or they, to get away when he ran over these band members in just an act of really cold-blooded murder for the motive of escape. Cold-blooded murder for the motive of escape. So was it, it was cold-blooded murder. Where does this escape thing come in? Because zigzagging through a crowd of people isn't a means of escaping anything. But Jim Cavanaugh seems to believe it is. So the question that we should ask is, why does the media seem to steer away from this story already? Why do they refuse to call it what it is? 
Rob Host is the host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast. He joins me now to break it down. Rob, good to see you. Hey, what's going on, Buck? Rob, uh, so I worked in CIA counterterrorism for years, and I've analyzed terrorist attacks on TV for years. And uh, this, under just a slightly different set of circumstances when it comes to the perpetrator and those who were attacked, would already be called a terror attack. It would probably be called a hate crime as well. Why not this time? Well, why not this time? Because this doesn't fit the very neat narrative that the mainstream media wants to put across. Um, I think that this is absolutely a terrorist attack. I think it's absolutely um, an anti-white hate crime. In fact, the newest episode of my podcast is literally called The Racist Hate Crime the Media is Hiding from You. Um, you and I both know, Buck, if this situation was entirely switched around, if this was some you know white supremacist, conservative-leaning person that may or may not have voted for Donald Trump that plowed their car into a crowd of black people, we would hear nothing. We would hear about nothing else on the mainstream media. It's all anybody would talk about, and they would call that exactly what it is. Now, all of a sudden, we have the car um, is apparently responsible for this attack, and then we have people that are supposed to be journalists that will not even say what this was. They're still calling it an accident on some of the other networks. And I think that, thank God for conservative media, because if it was not for conservative media like the New York Post, the Daily Mail, other places, then we wouldn't have had anybody dig into this person's social media background, which had anti-white rhetoric, uh, which had anti-American rhetoric. This dude was a far left BLM lunatic and this is why he executed this attack. It was right. It was all right there um, on social media, Buck. A CNN report fails to use keywords such as criminal, murder, the criminal's name, Daryl Brooks, and won't admit this tragedy was at the hands of a black, uh, an avowed black nationalist based on his postings online. The article reads, Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring scores of others. Rob, it wasn't just a car. Uh, no, it wasn't just a car. It was a far left BLM loon terrorist uh, that, that killed those people. And, and this is the thing. We are right now, we're living in a time when mainstream media, but also people in general, if you're a good little liberal, there are just things that you are not allowed to say. And unfortunately for the vast majority of the American public that believes in facts and truth, a lot of these good little liberals that are afraid to speak truth work at a lot of these organizations. Um, so this is why you are seeing a lack of coverage of all of this stuff. Um, and granted, it's all but out of the news at this point. It's only conservative media um, and people calling the left out that are talking about this right now. And there really does have to be a standard in terms of how we um, we cover this stuff, um, you know, overall. Because, you know, we just uh, three weeks ago, we were having that national conversation about the Cal Rittenhouse case, which the leftist mainstream media turned into some sort of referendum on race when that case had nothing to do with race. It was a, a white man that shot and killed two other um, white people and, and, and shot and injured a third. This had nothing to do with the race, but our our race-obsessed mainstream media made this entirely about race. So now, when you have a situation that is explicitly about race, based on this guy's social media postings, it is completely ignored. And I don't know what, it else, what else we can do about this besides call it out and really push people to get their news from a variety of sources, because you're not gonna get this stuff from MSNBC. Speaking of the race-obsessed media, no matter how outlandish the story may have been in the past, and it was pretty over the top, 
Mainstream media and Hollywood social justice warriors established the Jussie Smollett case as proof of America's racism and homophobia. Yet as we learned, Jussie Smollett, who was African-American and gay, staged the attack on himself to raise his profile on the soon-to-be-canceled TV show Empire. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you even saw this uh, today, uh, Rob, but apparently Jussie Smollett and these two guys that he paid had kind of a dry, a dry run, a run-through of the attack beforehand. And he really stage managed the whole thing. He's like, let's make sure we use a noose so that it has clear hate crime, you know, anti-black racist implications. All he, he managed the whole thing. Yeah, he did. And there was a clip that I saw today that I'd never seen before. And this was the um, a clip of, of the police officers in his apartment or whatever after this happened. And he still has the noose around his neck. And they're like, do you want to take that off? He's like, oh, yeah, I just left it there so you could see it. Um, the whole thing is so patently ridiculous. But when we look back at, at when this first happened, remember, the entirety of the leftist uh, uh, sort of political commentators and political figures all came out um, in support of Jesse, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, every Every black liberal uh, political commentator on the left all took this stuff as absolute fact. There are still some people to this very day who will not admit um, that Jesse Smollett played everybody and lied. But, but here's the thing. Um, and I actually feel a little bit sorry for Jesse Smollett. Look, we know Hollywood actors aren't necessarily the sharpest tools in the shed. And this is my theory, and I'm completely spitballing here. Um, I think that he was working with people that were higher up in the Democratic Party. I think that honestly, um, this was meant to uh, be this big thing. This was meant to help them get votes. I think that he got used and abused by these people um, who just cast him aside and now He's just out there, you know, he's not gonna do jail time, but it's gonna be a public embarrassment to him forever. His name will never be spoken of um, without speaking of this event for the rest of his career. He will be embarrassed about this um, forever. But furthermore, let me get one more point in, is that there are real victims of hate crimes in this country. Hate crimes are a real thing that actually happened. And so all of this attention distracts from the people that were victims of real hate crimes um, that just didn't happen to be um, as sexily stage managed as this sort of anti-gay um, MAGA perpetrated hate, hate crime that happened in Chicago at 2 a.m. in freezing weather. Rob? Spoken well as always. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Buck. Kyle Rittenhouse may have been found not guilty on all charges, but that hasn't stopped the left from trying to make his life a living hell. Now students at Arizona State University are attempting to prevent the 18-year-old from enrolling in online courses. The First TV's Morgan Zeggers has more to say on that when we come back. But I want to tell you one more time about my friends at My Digital Money. It seems like everyone wants to invest in cryptocurrencies these days, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the digital tokens that are out there. But it's not easy to get started. That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with amazing customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based crypto companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. Your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, so they offer you all kinds of great features. For example, Play Money account where you can even test the market without risking your money, great security for your coins, and fantastic customer service. Look, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. Leftist students at Arizona State University are campaigning to get Kyle Rittenhouse booted from his studies, referring to the 18-year-old as a racist, bloodthirsty murderer 
even though he was acquitted of all charges. Four groups, led by Students for Socialism, created a list of demands calling for the university to do the following. One, withdraw Kyle Rittenhouse from ASU. Two, release a statement against white supremacy and racist murderer Kyle Rittenhouse. Three, reaffirm support for the multicultural center on campus as a space safe from white supremacy. And four, redirect funding from the university's police department to support a multicultural center. Wow. Spokesman for Rittenhouse recently said the teenager is looking to re-enroll in classes at the university, but ASU stated he hasn't started the process. Morgan Zeggers, contributed with the first TV, is here with me to discuss. Morgan, good to see you. Thanks for having me, Buck. What a crazy situation. Yeah, why don't you break this one down for us? First of all, is he, he is enrolled, it's online, it's in person, how this all come up? What the heck is going on here? Yeah, I mean, so it was as simple. I got nervous for him, Buck, I will say, because I watched the whole live stream of the trial. I got nervous as soon as he said he was taking online classes at ASU because I knew that this was what the left was going to do, especially the totalitarian students on campus, because this isn't just one little situation. This happens on campuses across the country. And I'll give credit to a lot of the great groups like Turning Point USA and other campus groups that are on the ground on these campuses that try and fight back and protect students from this totalitarianism. But it's just getting out of control. Uh, what's happening here with Kyle, he's not on campus. He was taking online classes and he technically hasn't re-enrolled. So I don't know what he's going to do. It's not really clear. But either way, the students want him removed from the public square, from his position of power, from his ability to just take classes, all because they disagree with him and he committed wrong thing or he did something that they disagree with. And that's the concerning aspect of the leftist totalitarianism we see all across the country. So just to be clear, these students, these psycho lib snowflakes, want him to be removed from his ability to take online classes. Yes, Buck, you heard that right. And that, again, it just shows how ridiculous they are. On top of that, you saw, you read out that list. They want to defund the police. They want to do all this crazy stuff that has nothing to do really with Kyle. And what we see there is another trend of the socialists. I think I've been on your show before to tell you about what happened with the socialists, the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America. They have over like 80,000 dues paying members in America. They have an initiative that encourages socialists that don't want to be teachers to become teachers for two reasons to indoctrinate kids, and most importantly for them, to gain the political power that can be used when they weaponize the power of being in a teacher's union. So they did things like say, I'm not going back to the classroom to teach in person during COVID unless you defund the police, pass a wealth tax, pass a citywide Green New Deal, some crazy stuff like that. So it's very in line with their socialist agenda to demand non-related situations for policy when there's already an issue going on, like with this Kyle Rittenhouse situation. So what does the university, what is the university doing so far? Have they had any kind of response to these, uh, these tactics, uh, this, this outrage from people that want Kyle Rittenhouse banned? It's almost like they want him banned from the, the internet. Is ASU just ignoring it? Have they tried to buy off the mob a little bit with some statement against white supremacy or something? What's going on? Yeah, so I mean, I've really had to lower my bar. I'm sure you have too, in terms of what to expect from these crazy totalitarian hubs that are college campuses in America today. Um, so I would love for them to have said, listen, crazy kids, you are acting like children. He was acquitted. He is not guilty at all. He was acting in self-defense. Our justice system proved that. And so you're not going to get what you want here. You need to stop acting like this because it's the real world. Unfortunately, all we've really gotten is just a statement from ASU saying, eh, Kyle, 
Kyle's technically not even really a student right now. So uh, that's all that we can really tell you. What I would love is for students, for leaders, for professors, for administrators, for trustees of the colleges, for the true leaders to stand up and say, we don't behave like this in America. We are a classically liberal country that has a bill of rights, that has certain freedoms protected and given to us by God, protected by the government. Um, what I would say though, if ASU dares to go a step further and align more with the radical left and say, you know, maybe we don't want this crazy guy on our campus, I think we need to immediately focus on getting any ASU donors, big donors, to pull their funds or at least threaten to to make sure it doesn't happen. And then we talk to state level leaders, local leaders, and federal level leaders to figure out how they can make sure a state school is not getting taxpayer dollars when they are behaving like this. Switching it up with you for a second here, Morgan, Biden, actually, I think 70 countries now have some form of preventative Omicron variant travel ban in effect, uh, even though we all know at this point that travel bans don't actually really work. I mean, it was one thing when Trump did it before we knew the virus very well, and also we were trying to get ready, but we're, we're ready, right? We have vaccinations, we have hospitals geared up, all this stuff. Anyway, here's what Biden was saying back in the day. He tweeted that Trump's travel ban was xenophobic. A wall, a wall will not stop the coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world will not stop it. This, excuse me, this disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet, and we need a plan to combat it. Well, why is it so different? Because now Biden's tweeted different things and is actually putting this into place. What happened? I don't know what happened. It's not easy to look at these people and say, well, they were behaving with common sense. So here's what happened there. I don't know what is going on in their minds. And that leads a lot of people, including myself, to say, maybe they don't have the best intentions here. Maybe something is going on behind the scenes because nothing in this has common sense or science in its explanation, in its meaning anymore. We are so far into crazy clown world that there's no justification for any of their actions. This is the most anti-science thing I've ever seen done. I think that we've ever seen done in this world in the name of science. And I, I think you've probably seen the footage of Dr. Fauci saying now, if we disagree with him, we are disagreeing with science itself. Do you see the standard being set here? And I think it's just going to continue. We are now, what, what date is it? It's November 30th. Tomorrow's December 2021. Two years now into this, and we are entering a new phase of variants. I remember my heart sinking in March, late March 2020, as I remember thinking, this is never going to end. If we show them that in the name of health and safety, we will give up our power and give them power, we're never going to get out of this. And this is exactly the road that we knew was going to come. Real quick, here's what Biden actually says about why he's doing the travel ban. Play the sot, gentlemen. The very day the World Health Organization identified the new variant, I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time, it gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot. You have to get the, get the booster. So just real quick, Morgan, it gives us time to hear more lectures about how you got to get the booster, in fact, not just the vaccine. 
Oh yeah. I mean, Buck, this is never ending. I can see it now. We're going to be talking about Christmas 2022. Can we get around the Christmas tree with the family this year or not? What do you say, Dr. Fauci? I mean, this is never going to end unless the people stop it. The people need to stop the tyrants. With you on that one. Morgan Zeggers, everybody, laying it down as always. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Buck. In celebration of becoming an American citizen, NBA star Enos Cantor uh, has officially changed his name to Enos Cantor Freedom. We have more on that in Quick Hits. First, let's talk about protecting the most important asset you own, your home. You have homeowner's insurance for a good reason, because without it, fire, flood, or burglary could destroy you financially. There's another major crime your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's called home title fraud. The FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and it can ruin you financially, which is why you need home title lock. Title fraud happens when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home and leaves you with the payments. You'll spend a fortune in legal fees trying to prove you didn't commit fraud. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone from a cyber thief to a renter to anybody else out there trying to mess with it, they shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Enter RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Quick hits are coming up next. Stay right there. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg pushing electric cars on working families. And a good news for New Zealanders, or there is good news for New Zealanders suffering through lockdown. These stories in quick hits. Let's get to it. Pete Buttigieg of uh, the Build Back Better agenda and what it means. Now, let's understand this. He was the mayor of a small city in South Bend, Indiana. And now he is a cabinet-level treasurer, uh, not treasury, sorry, transportation. Treasury would be even more interesting. Transportation Secretary, and it does feel sometimes like the guy who's perhaps best known for being the head of an agency that deals with things like supply chain and being on parental leave. He didn't give birth. His partner didn't give birth, but they were apparently both on parental leave, I guess. Uh, And he was on parental leave from his cabinet-level job while there was a huge supply chain crisis. People said, well, what does he really know? Well, he knows how to tell people that they should buy electric cars because that's really affordable and easy. Here's what he says. It contains incentives to make it more affordable to buy an electric vehicle, up to a $12,500 discount, in effect, for families thinking about getting an EV. Uh, Families that, once they own that electric vehicle, will never have to worry about gas prices again. The people who stand to benefit most from owning an EV are often rural residents uh, who have the longest distances to drive. They, They burn the most gas and underserved urban residents in areas where uh, there are uh, high gas prices and they're lower income. So they would gain the most by having that vehicle. But these are the very residents who have not always been connected uh, to electric vehicles that are viewed as, a, as kind of a luxury item. According to Kelly Blue Book, the average electric car costs over $51,000. Um, electric cars are expensive. There's a whole lot of problems with the charging stations, finding them. How do you get electric car service? Where do you go? Yeah, the average family, the average American family is about to just roll around in their, you know, their Tesla 3 or whatever. Not so easy. Easy for Pete Buttigieg, who, of course, is going to become very famous and rich, more so even than he is now, whenever he decides to step down from his post as Biden's transportation secretary. On to a happier story. NBA player Enos Cantor. He is now one of our American family, and he has actually changed his name to Inez Cantor freedom to celebrate his U.S., his newly uh, received U.S. citizenship. Here he is explaining it on CNN. When I came to America, uh, to me, it was so amazing because 
you know, here there is freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, and freedom of press, which I didn't have any of those uh, with uh, Turkey. Um, you know, that's why I wanted to, and freedom also is the greatest thing that a human being can have. So that's why I wanted to make that word a part of me and carry it wherever I go. And uh, so that, that, that word is, that definitely means uh, a world to me. Freedom. His name is actually, his last name is actually Freedom now. I mean, he beat me to it. I was thinking about doing that too. Buck, sex, and freedom. Sounds good to me. But uh, welcome, Inez, to our American family. Great to have you. And uh, it's so nice, isn't it, to see somebody who legally, of course, joins the American family through our immigration process and is very, very proud of it, very happy and appreciative as well. This is what you often find with legal immigrants who come to the country. They think this is a really special place, especially if they have fled a totalitarian or authoritarian regime. Then they really recognize that freedom in America is such a very, very precious thing. And then there's uh, Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida who is just speaking truth about so many issues these days, and he is single-handedly often in the news cycle at least, the most effective tool to fight back against the leftist madness on lockdowns and Fauciism. Here he is, though, on the issue of the Waukesha parade attack, saying that it's clear the media coverage here is deeply biased and there's a lot of lies of omission going on. Is that how it works? The SUVs, they just drive by themselves? This just kind of happened? And they say, oh, this was a big accident. Uh, you never actually hear the discussion about who committed this, uh, what was the motivation? Uh, this guy was a career criminal, let out on, didn't really have any bail, basically, should not have even been on the street, uh, had clear anti-white animus, uh, and this was an intentional act. And it seems like, you know, for corporate press, they're more apt to, to characterize a parent who goes to a school board meeting to protest bad policies as a domestic terrorist than somebody who intentionally rams an SUV into a crowd of innocent people. So you have at least six have died. You have many more that have been injured. I know many people are in the hospital. And so uh, let's just be clear. This was not a car just driving in. It was not a car just driving in. It was a mass murder. And the media is covering this whole thing up as much as they can. Now on to New Zealand, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern on the COVID restrictions. She's got some, some relaxation of them. And importantly, because I know this is a question many Aucklanders have, you can now see family and friends again in their homes and use the bathroom inside. Luxury. <laughs> madness. Total madness. But embraced by people who think they're saving so many lives by acting like lunatics. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.